Hi, and welcome to another episode of King's Cane Stories, where neighbors meet neighbors. Today we have Dr. Rasti. He is the owner of MD VIP practice here in the Key. Uh, he has been practicing medicine since 2006. MD VIP is a premier concierge practice in the U.S. Dr. Rasti has been in the Key since 2019. Yeah. And before we talk to Dr. Rasti about what he does, we have a quick word from our sponsors. The Academy of Martial Arts in Key Biscayne, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served this island paradise for 27 years. RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert Dusoglu with his daughter and son, Morgan and Derek, both senseis as well. They use the martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quest, their guided self-enlightenment course, to forge a stronger you. With over 100-plus years of combined martial arts experience, between the Dusoglu Senseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapons training, and traditional forms. Over 3,000 students have walked through the doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. They are proud to continue this legacy today and pass on their knowledge to the next generation of future black belts and life questers. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com. For more information, you can check out the show notes. Now back to you, Dr. Rasti. How are you doing today? Great. How are yourself? Doing good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So it's I'm excited because I've I haven't heard of a VIP practice or concierge medicine. I mean I've seen the show, there's okay. a show out there. All right, like this private doctor that goes to to this that is contracted by this family and solves all their issues. But is that kind of is that is that what you do? <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. I mean I I think the word concierge is a little misleading. Uh, it is essentially a model that that we as doctors decide to take less patients. As a result of that, we limit our practice and dedicate our time to a limited number of patients. In our practice, the cap is about 600. And uh, and what happens is, as a result of limiting that, uh, patients get more time with the doctor, the doctor gets to know the patients very well, the office staff get to dedicate their time to these patients in an essence become more efficient in taking care of patients so the reason they call it concierge because we do a lot for our patients we make their appointments we change their appointments if they need it to we make the referrals we make it very easy for them there is no wait times in the clinic there they can drop by the same day and be seen uh, and it's very very convenient for the patient for that they pay a premium uh, membership and become part of this member club. The rest of it is just like a regular practice. Um, uh, they do get direct access to me uh, uh, with my cell phone. So if they have after-hour emergencies, uh, urgencies, they, they directly call me. They don't need to go through an answering service. So it's it's very, very hands-on, one-to-one uh, -one type of patient care. And so you mentioned that the cap is 600. Just to have an idea, what is an average doctor... So to give you an idea, average doctor to be making it in this this insurance world has to take on about four thousand to oh, wow. to five thousand patients. If anybody that has been at a primary care office, especially after after the COVID, they know that they have to see about thirty to forty patients a day in order to 
make it financially. For that matter, you can see the difference. I mean, on on average, we dedicate about half an hour to an hour of time with each patient, which doesn't exist in in, in mm-hmm. normal practices. You just go, you'd be seen very quickly if you get lucky to see the doctor, and then you move on. Before we start the show, you mentioned that you were you're an internal medicine. That's your primary practice focus. focus. So, for those that don't know, what does that mean? Internal medicine. So when you go to medical school after in the United States, after you come out of uh, you know undergrad, four years of medical school, then you have to go to residency. Uh, that's the specialty training. Uh, so the branches of medicine uh, is either family practice or internal medicine, uh, and then the other subspecialties. Most of the subspecialties branch from internal medicine. So for you to, for example, become a heart specialist, you have to go become an internal medicine doctor. Uh, that means you uh, you train on on core principles of, of of practicing medicine, including everything in terms of uh, cardiology, uh, uh, kidney, and, and uh, all the other stuff. And then you get ready to go subspecialize. So uh, we used to be specialty of our own uh, back in other countries. They are specialists here in this country. We took the role of primary care. The difference between us and family practice is family practice just gets a minimal uh, training in internal medicine. The rest of it is like, you know, other core subspecialties such as uh, surgery, uh, gynecology, uh, psychiatry, but we don't do that. We just focus on internal medicine. We have a lot of hospital exposure and, and critical care and so forth. So we we get a lot of training deep into, into uh, you know, body as far as uh, taking care of major complex diseases. And if somebody decides to move on from that to become subspecialists, for example, in rheumatology or cardiology or nephrology, then they go on and get another two to three years on their back. So primary care. <laughs> primary care. Got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. And so why did you choose this route of focusing in a small group of clients? The reason I got into it is the same reason that every other doctor uh, is dissatisfied with their practice these days. I mean, as a physician, we're limited by our financial uh, uh, gains from seeing a number of patients. I mean, you only can see a number of patients uh, per day. Uh, The time with the patients are getting limited because you have to see in a traditional practice 30 or 40 patients a day. Uh, you're under a stress of all of this volume of, of, of work. And, uh, and also, if you're an owner of the practice, uh, financially, you have a lot of decisions to be making. You're fighting with the insurance companies. You're fighting with the uh, cost of, of running a practice every year that is going up. Uh, and your reimbursements are you know, the same pretty much. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, you have to make a decision that is this really a viable way of uh, doing business? And most of the doctors would tell you no. Uh, that's why a lot of doctors are joining big corporations to to stop you know dealing with this. Or if they want to stay in the private sector, uh, this is one of the models. The other reason for it is is this patient dissatisfaction. Uh, you're pretty young, probably not not having this issue. But a lot of the patients, their first complaint is. I can't make an appointment with my doctor. I can't see the doctor. When I go there, it takes five minutes. They barely look at me. They don't address the issues. I'm out the door. If I need my doctor in a certain time, I can't get through him. Uh, can be referred to a specialist of choice. So 
this is a common complaint and you can't do anything about it on a regular uh, practice because it's just the way it is. I mean, there's so much time to dedicate to each patient, but that's why when we switch to this model, you're empowered to do whatever you want within your limits, within your resources to, uh, to take care of these patients and their patient satisfactions go up you know, tremendously. I like, I like the approach that you've taken to focus on a certain amount of people. And it makes sense. I mean, I've, I have waited four hours to be seen. I have, I have waited months to see my, my, my primary doctor. So I, I can see a need or I can see a space, you know, for, for what you do. Can you break down the business model a little further and how it works? Sure. The model is definitely not a unaccessible model for uh, average Joe, I would say. It's really designed to be able to cover anybody from medium to higher end of income. Because we're limiting our, our number of patients per practice, once you become a member, there is a membership fee. That membership fee depends on what area and what city can run between uh, $1,600 all the way up to uh, $3,000 a year. And, and you get the full access to the practice. The rest of the visits are, are pretty much either uh, paid through the insurance, or uh, if you don't have insurance, we have a fixed fee that we charge you. There is no hidden agendas and so forth. Essentially, you become a member of the MDVIP, but I am your private doctor. We do annual wellnesses once a year that is all covered by us in terms of labs, in terms of all the studies that we do, the full hour that I sit down with you, all of it is, is part of your membership. So you really gain a lot by having that once a year, even if you didn't have insurance that there is no cost to you for that. But it's not about money. It's about your time. It's about your health. Mm -hmm. It's about sort of what value are you getting uh, for, for that exchange of that membership. If I can work with you and let's say, God forbid, and you have uh, cancer or something like that, a disease that, that, that normally doesn't get diagnosed very fast. And we can discover that in a, in a short period of time or just by working together, how much is that worth? I mean, how much is your health worth? Does that make sense? hundred percent. You were telling me also that you were available with this style with this model, you were available 24 seven. Correct. So when, when you become a member, you directly uh, on the day that you become a member, uh, a member, you get my cell phone. So normally what happens in a practice, you call a answering service, the answering service will say, okay, we're going to page the doctor on call and then they go. And then the doctor decides to call you whenever they decide to call you. It could be three hours, four hours, five hours in this model. That's not the case. You call my cell phone. So let's say you're my member and you're in Orlando having an emergency, urgency. Of course, it depends on the emergency, but uh, but let's say it's something that you, a sensible person, would say that I can wait to call the doctor for this. You would call me and let's say within 30 minutes of that, even if I'm not available on the phone, I'll call you back. And instead of you deciding that, oh, I'm going to Google this, I'm going to go to urgent care to find out what's going on with me you get a sound medical advice. And the reason for that is I know everything about you when you call me, whether you need to go to the hospital, whether you can wait, I, I can call in medications for you. I mean, I've had the patients avoided going to the ER and the $10,000 cost for nothing. That saved their, their vacation, that saved their time, whatever you can name it. Um, so it's it's a very valuable. And, and just to go back to the proof of concept during COVID, for example, most of the offices were closed. They would do maximum a, uh, a teleconference and, and, and so forth. And, and even that was shaky. 
uh, we were only closed for one week. The rest of the time I was in the office, we were given monoclonal antibodies when, when patients were getting COVID. They were coming to the office with COVID when COVID wasn't a treatable disease. Uh, so we proved that those patients can be cared for uh, in a system uh, that is that is in contact with the patients they have access to and uh, they don't need to wait for months or if the office is closed, have to go to the ER constantly to get care. Hey, what do you like about medicine? Well, listen, medicine is is not just a job. It's an amazing feeling to, to get to examine a patient, uh, find out what's going on with them, use your knowledge or go research whatever it, resources you have and then come up with... Uh, with a proper diagnosis for that patient. And there is no feeling in this world that, that give you more satisfaction that you helped somebody uh, or cured somebody. It's the most satisfying uh, uh, feeling in the world. Um, the practice of medicine itself, uh, all of us who got into medical school and went for training and all of that, this was the essence of it. Unfortunately, throughout the time by, uh, uh, by the force of insurance companies and the business models in, in, in this country, a lot of doctors became dissatisfied with the, with the profession. Doesn't mean that they don't like what they are doing. It's just they don't like the way they're doing it. So I love medicine. I loved it since, since I was in, in early high school. And that's why I got into this business because it's just it, unbelievable feeling that, that, uh, that you sit down with a patient and you find out what's going on with them or help a patient to, to reach their goal. And also that feeling of uh, unlimited knowledge that is out there, that you always become humble by, by the level of, of information that is out there that you still don't know. And every day there is a learning process for you. So every day in your practice, even if it's a small amount, you learn. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's no better feeling in the world. I don't think most of the jobs in the world are, are maybe like that, but... but mm -hmm. But again, I mean, this is the feeling that you come to work and you, and you leave your work with better than what you, when you came to work. Uh, so you always get elevated. Pre-podcast, pre you were telling me about the other benefits that come with your practice. Would you mind sharing more of that? Oh, that? absolutely. Um, listen, what are, what are the things that we do? And, and, and again, this is not necessarily particular to my practice, but a lot of doctors try to do that as well. We, we search for you uh, to get these vendors to give us a, a proper pricing. As you know, in the, in, the, uh, in the market right now, for example, if you go get a lab somewhere or you get a, uh, um, get a imaging uh, uh, quote, you would get different prices from different, different places. So if you go to the hospital, it's a very high price. You go to another vendor, they might. So uh, we have tried to negotiate these deals that uh, when you come to me, I can literally sit down and tell you, okay, well, I can get you a shoulder MRI for uh, $300 or $400, very affordable prices that a patient even without insurance should be able to afford, or if they can't, uh, should be able to at least know what they're up against. Uh, this is one of the uh, one of the things that we have done uh, also in the arena of, of labs, uh, blood work, blood testing. Uh, we have done the same thing with the major corporations, uh, lab corporations such as Quest or, or LabCorp. We have internal deals with them that we can offer you very cheaper prices than, than you normally walk into a lab and get it or urgent care or, uh, or emergency room. In addition to that, there are certain 
uh, ancillary testing that is not available to public. For example, there is a, this test available. It's a circulating DNA checking for 50 different cancers with one blood draw, and it's called a uh, gallery. That is not available if you go to average uh, office that don't even know what it is, or if they know, they have no way of doing it. We have other genetic testing that, that yes, you can you can go on the internet and then try to accommodate, but we do have uh, pharmacogenetic testing. That means uh, we run your genes against uh, different medications and how you metabolize those medications and then see how to choose medications for you. We have genetic testing. If you have a family member that had cancer and, and you want to know, we run your blood with 100 different uh, gene mutation uh, study to, to detect that whether you have one of those genes or not. So there's a lot of testing that when you go to an average office, it's not available to you. We try to be on the cutting edge of the uh, the medical science and try to uh, find these things and then bring it to the office and available to our patients uh, uh, to do that. Uh, and that's that's the beauty of it. So you don't need to do all the research yourself. We do the research and we bring it to the office and we offer it to you, whether you uh, want to use it or not, it's up to you. Uh, so it's very, very much, we do the work for you. You just have to be a patient. <laughs> yeah. And you are located where exactly in the key? I am in the Square Mall, uh, two stores away from uh, Bank of America. I'm in Unit 8, 260 Crandon Boulevard, which is the uh, the Square Mall with Costa Med and all the other uh, beautiful restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're good restaurants in that mall. The Academy of Martial Arts in Key Biscayne, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served this island paradise for 27 years. RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert Dusoglu with his daughter and son, Morgan and Derek, both senseis as well. They use the martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quest, their guided self-enlightenment course, to forge a stronger you. With over 100-plus years of combined martial arts experience between the Dusoglu senseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapons training, and traditional forms. Over 3,000 students have walked through the doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. They are proud to continue this legacy today and pass on their knowledge to the next generation of future black belts and life questers. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com. For more information, you can check out the show notes. Um, so you mentioned that, again, pre-podcast, we're talking about the history of this office here in the Key. And because you've been here since 2019? Correct. Right? Yes. Uh, this office originally was... was uh, founded by Dr. Bob Camper, the late Dr. Bob Camper, who was a, a Key Biscayne a resident himself. Uh, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him. He passed away at, at a young age. Uh, through the course of him establishing the practice many, many years ago, uh, he, uh, when he passed away, the practice was uh, handed to MDVIP and Dr. Ruben Caride, uh, which I took over the practice in 2019. So the practice model has been there. This is not a new entity to uh, to keep the skin. In fact, when I took over the practice, most of my patients uh, were the old patients of, of the original practice. And still today, this date, I am, some of my patients are 
uh, Dr. Bob Camper's patient. So it's 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 a great time to make a tribute to him. Again, I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but he really took care of the patients and, uh, and patient loved them. And again, when I took over, we try to build up on that reputation. We try to build up on that concept. We started to promote that this is not just for the older people. This is this is something that 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 any any patient at any age can uh, participate in, and they should be participating because this is their health. Allow me to say this: if if you don't take care of yourself when you're younger, before the disease happen or before these indications of the disease happen, uh, by the time you already or diagnosis too late. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it, but the goal is to, to do preventative uh, medicine. And in a traditional model, as much as they try, it's, it's impossible to do and spend all that time to do that. I mean, the most they can do is run some labs, sit down with you quickly, go over them and they tell you, okay, take these pills. But that's not our approach. Our approach is, is hey, listen, what direction is your heart, heart uh, biomarkers going in the next 10 years? Where are you going to be in terms of cancer in the next 10 years? What is your family? So because we have that time and interest, we can spend all of that time. And then if you're younger and you're joining, you're really investing into your future. And and about the future, could we say that there's not that many people interested in the field of medicine as much as they used to be because of the costs, the studies, and then the insurance battles and everything, it's, I guess, it's not as exciting as it used to be. A couple of things are happening at the same time. In the United States, I mean, I can't tell you about other countries. Obviously, we have a different model. In the United States, uh, the the number of doctors getting into primary care is, is, is getting lower and lower. Uh, the reason for that is because they're not seeing the income that they're, uh, the cost of running a practice is very high. Uh, the cost of living is very high. So their average doctor with all the time they're investing, think about it, four years of undergrad to four years of medical school, uh, at minimum of three years of, of residency plus another subspecialty. So so they're, they're looking at cost of education. Uh, they probably in debt, the average medical student for three, $400,000 by the time they get out these days. So they're sitting down and say, okay, what's the best way I can recoup my debt and go into the future to have uh, a, a proper uh, amount of money to to pay for the things that I want to pay. Yeah. So a lot of them are avoiding going to internal medicine or, or family practice, or if they're going to internal medicine, they don't stay at the level of primary care because they're looking at this potential cap in their income. And that's the problem. So a lot of doctors or medical students, they get into residency and then they, they want to become subspecialists. So we have a lot of subspecialty uh, doctors, but but not enough primary care. So that is one problem. And going to the future, I mean, even after COVID, we are seeing a, a true surge in in this model. The reason for that is these uh, disgruntled patients that are out there that they have no access to to proper care. I mean, average uh, wait time right now to see a neurologist, for example, at University of Miami is about a year. A specialist is many months. Uh, even the primary is becoming like, you know, 30 to 60 days. It's ridiculous. So a lot of people are realizing that this is this is the model. I mean, I think in the future, you're going to have a two-tier care. I mean, people who cannot afford it, unfortunately, they have to stay in this, this HMO models and then regular traditional practice. People who have the means, uh, and, and it's not that expensive, but people do have dispensable amount of money to to spend on themselves, they're going to find themselves as outpatient that this is the best model for them. 
the future of medicine is all about prevention. The cost of healthcare is going up. Uh, uh, we're way behind the eight ball as far as uh, uh, disease prevention, especially in the United States. I mean, the recent study came out that we're, we're actually falling behind in, in the life expectancy in the United States for the first time. A lot of other countries are doing better. So what is going wrong? It's, it's just, I think a lot of it has something to do with, we have all the means. We're one of the best best countries in the world as far as uh, research and technology and medications. But why is it that we're falling behind in healthcare? Uh, uh, why are we falling behind in life expectancy? Part of it is is this gap uh, between, between who can get access and who cannot. And number two is, uh, are you able to see your doctor on time? and make the right decisions to get you to, to the right specialist or the right testing to make the right diagnosis. For the future, I think people who participate in these programs, they're going to see a benefit because the future of medicine is now all about biometrics, about knowledge of, of your body. The more uh, data point we have about you, the more information we have about you, we, we can take care of you better. So the more we see you, the more we know about you, it reveals uh, things that uh, normally gets lost. So I think down the road, uh, uh, this model is going to be uh, an acceptable model. It already is, but it's going to be more and more personalized type of medicine. So you mentioned technology, and uh, now that all this AI is, is popular now, everybody has an AI now apparently for, <laughs> for everything. How is, how is tech, AI, how is all that improving or helping you do what you do? Again, I'm not an expert in, in that sector, but I can tell you uh, what's going to happen down the road is you're going to have a lot more uh, digitalized uh, services in terms of uh, diagnostics and so forth. So, for example, let me give you an example. One, one way I see this, this going in the future is uh, availability of, of more data and uh, potential differential diagnosis for the doctors. That's one way. And also processing time and also uh, the, the volume of information that, that needs to be uh, reviewed in certain cases. It would, it would help the uh, diagnosticians to make a better diagnosis. So down the road, I think a, a lot of the computers will do the job, initial job for the doctor and then assist them into, uh, into a better diagno uh, diagnosis. Then down the road, I think these computers are going to talk to each other. Dr. Rassi, this has been great to get to know you and your thank practice. You. Well, thank you for having me here. I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time on a Sunday to invite me here. I didn't know anything about this, so uh, it's it's great to know this. I love to be part of this community. I, I really think it's a, one of the greatest decisions I've made to move to this area. And, uh, and I love uh, the way this community operates. Uh, I like to invite everybody to kind of, you know, knock on our door. I usually do a, uh, a free face-to-face -face consultation with the patients just to tell them about the concept and, and, and show them what can be uh, uh, done uh, to their health. Uh, so I welcome everybody to come in and visit me and, um, and, and ask about it. I also like to be able to, to give back something to this community. So, uh, so don't hesitate to knock on our door anytime if you need anything, all right? And thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show and, and sharing your story and what you do. And we'll put all your content information in the show notes for those that want to um, to reach you and, and find you. So thanks again. The Academy of Martial Arts in Key Biscayne, more commonly known as RDCA, is proud to have served this island paradise for 27 years. 
RDCA is a family-run business headed by Sensei Robert Dusoglu with his daughter and son, Morgan and Derek, both senseis as well. They use the martial arts, elite conditioning, and life quest, their guided self-enlightenment course, to forge a stronger you. With over 100 plus years of combined martial arts experience between the Dusoglu senseis, RDCA provides a holistic approach to self-defense, covering a unique blend of stand-up, close-quarter combatives, technical groundwork, weapons training, and traditional forms. Over 3,000 students have walked through the doors and trained on the mat at RDCA in the last two and a half decades. They are proud to continue this legacy today and pass on their knowledge to the next generation of future black belts and life questers. Join them for a free introductory class to kickstart your martial arts journey. You can call them at 305-365-0129 or visit their website at rdcamma.com. For more information, you can check out the show notes.